Good morning. Proverbs chapter 31, the last chapter of Proverbs, and it is a doozy of a chapter. Like watching fireworks display, what comes at the end? The grand finale, and there's lots of oohs and ahs. I hope that you find Proverbs chapter 31 is the same way for us as we bring this series, The Way of Wisdom, to an end. Let's go back a little bit from the beginning and build up to it. In the series, we went chapter by chapter in chapters 1 through 9. These chapters are almost like individual letters written by Solomon to his boys, instructing them to pursue wisdom. Because nothing in this world is more important than finding and gaining wisdom. Proverbs 9, 10, and 11 might be Solomon's kind of mission statement as dad to his boys. And it reads, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For by wisdom, your days will be many. So whatever it takes, boys, whatever it takes, pursue wisdom. Find her. That's what really, really matters. She's more valuable than gold. She's better than power. She's better than fame. She's better than riches. Find wisdom. That's how Solomon talks to his kids in chapters 1 through 9. Each chapter being like this own conversation, dad to kid. Then in Proverbs uh, chapters 10 through 29, they are expressed in a much, much different way. Instead of these long conversations like at the beginning of the book, Proverbs 10 through 29 are quick hitters. Quick hitter, quick hitter, quick hitter, quick hitter. These one and two liners of Proverbs going from proverb to proverb to proverb, but no apparent order, no thought building upon thought at all. It's just one thought, different thought, different thought, different thought, different thought, all the way through. Quick hitters. And we've been spending a lot of parts talking about them. Justice, emotions, humility, pride, relationships, family, friends, sex, adultery, fornication, business, wealth, charity, ambition, discipline, debt, parenting, character, alcohol, politics, revenge, laziness, overconsumption, gluttony, honesty, and dishonesty. Those are just some of the many topics covered in this book of wise sayings. There are just, these are just some that we have, and we've been doing part by part, and here we are at part 28. And then we get to chapters 30 and 31. They aren't like chapters 1 through, one, 1 through 9, nor are they like chapters 10 through 29. They seem to be a little bit of a combination of both. And then when we hit Proverbs 31, it gives us this complete picture of what true wisdom looks like. It's like it wraps all previous 30 chapters into one picture of wisdom. And it does it by using the words of King Lemuel from the words that his mother taught him. So today, the title, Part 28, A Message from King Lemuel's Mother. It's really important for us to know, and I hope you've heard it throughout this series, that we've often said it, that Proverbs are practical to everyone. You just have to modify the circumstances for your particular situation. Like when Solomon was warning his boys to watch out for adulterous women. All the ladies who read this warning, you don't go, well, I don't have to pay attention to that. No, ladies, you interpret that, that warning, you interpret it this way. Watch out for the adulterer men. See how that works? Each one, each of us, takes the Proverbs based on our circumstances and we modify it to fit our situations. For example, take this Proverbs. 
21, 23. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Well, that sounds right. That sounds like a really good way to live every day, day in and out. But there is absolutely, there could be a time when it is absolutely necessary to open your mouth and say the words that need to be said regardless of what the outcome may be. So when it comes to chapter 31, which has a lot to say about being a wife and a mom, and when you read it, some of us might be tempted to think, this isn't for me. I can check out. I'm a guy. What does this have to do with me? Or maybe you're single and you're thinking, this isn't for me. But you take the proverb based on your circumstances and you modify it to fit your situation. Proverbs 31 is way more than just a mom talking to her son. And it's way more than just being intended for being for just a wife or a mom. It's for everyone. Proverbs 31 is a complete picture of wisdom, what it is and what it looks like. And that's why every one of us needs it. So this morning, I am going to, I want to go through this chapter. And as we go through it, I'm going to put you in, well, you put yourself in it. You're going to be in one of three categories. Some of you are going to be really special. You're going to be in two of the three categories. And here are the categories. Category one, obviously. Wives and or mothers, you are category one. Anyone in that group? Show of hands. Participate here. Good, good. All right. Listen, there's stuff for you here. There are going to be valuable lessons for you, moms and wives. This is almost like Mother's Day Sunday for you all over again. And you're nudging. Does that mean we get to go out to eat afterwards? Yes, take them out. Buy flowers for them. Pick up some chocolate on the way home. All of that, that is you, category one. Category two. Husbands and or fathers. Show of hands. Okay, more participants. Husbands, fathers, there are valuable lessons for you here. Scratch Mother's Day. It is now Father's Day. <laughs> Write them a nice note. Buy them the tie every Father's Day. Get the little accessory to their hobby. Treat them well. Father's Day. Category three. And certainly not last. Single people. I almost started with you. I wanted to start with you. It seems sometimes single people can sometimes be thought of. They may not think this way themselves, but I think there's sometimes they think of, oh, you're the leftovers. Or, or you know, it's like you get the shaft. So change it. There. You are now one. All right? So now you're thoroughly confused about what category you're in. And the bottom line is, it's for everyone. Get the idea here? There are special, special gifts from God. You are unique and valuable being single. As a matter of fact, happening, happy, happy National Singles Day to you. Did you know that was this week? It is. I promise you, you look it up. It's Wednesday of this week. How cool is God for putting that right in time? We had Mother's Day, Father's Day, and we've got Singles Day really happening on Wednesday of this week. There is a category for all of us. And really, category three or one, wherever you are, singles, maybe God has a way of moving you out of this category into other categories. So if nothing else, this chapter helps you for what might happen in the future. And regardless, if he doesn't, there are still valuable lessons for every one of us today. 
So now that we're all in a category, let's look at Proverbs chapter 31. Kind of like chapter 30, the words were from a king. Chapter 30 was King Agur. Chapter 31, it's a message from King Lemuel. Just like chapter 30, there was two distinct sections. Probably they wrote half of it, and then the other half was written from someone else. Same for chapter 31. King Lemuel's mom probably wrote the first nine verses. We're going to look at that. But then, chap- then verses 10 through 31, they seem like it's completely unrelated. It's a Hebrew poem. We will look at that as well. So there's two sections. And just like very little is known about King Agur, the same is said about King Lemuel. What we see here on the page is about all we know about him. But that doesn't stop people from speculating as to who could this person be. And so there are three main ideas, I think, of who he may be. And I just want to share them with you and see if it can fit in as we go through. King Lemuel, idea number one is King Lemuel and his mother are completely fictional characters. They are made up in the mind of King Solomon, kind of displaying this ideal picture of a prince in the making and a king coming and this queen is his mother, which if that's true, it means chapter 31 is written by Solomon for him, right? And I don't know if that's true. Number two, King Lemieux is actually some sort of nickname given to him by his mom. And if that's the case, that means that Bathsheba is the person giving this instruction and he is Solomon is writing it down. I don't know. Or three, King Lemuel is another name for a real king, possibly King Hezekiah. Hezekiah was one of the few kings of Judah who was constantly aware of God's presence. The Bible describes him in 2 Chronicles 31:20 like this. The one who did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord. That's a great reputation to have. So why the name change? I don't know. Lemuel means for God or devoted to God. So it could be that King Lemuel and King Hezekiah are the same person. I don't know. But regardless of which theory is right, if any of them, this we know, that this chapter was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit And it is words given from a mom and given to advice to a son. And because it's been written in the Bible, therefore, it is useful for all of us. So this mom is teaching King Lemuel, whoever he is, true wisdom. So I suppose that since it's the last chapter of the book, we could have entitled this part 28, Mom Always Gets the Last Word. You like that? So moms are clapping. That's the way it is. Verse 1 identifies that the mother is doing the teaching. She starts by sharing an oracle. What's an oracle? An oracle is she's sharing a burden. Moms do that. They share their hearts with what's going on, usually with their kids and usually with life circumstances. In verse 2, mom starts a conversation with asking her son three questions. But... Her questions aren't really answered by him, not at all. She answers her own questions. It goes like this. What should I say, my son? What, son of my womb? What, son of my vows? The what in these verses seems to be a shortened version of what are you doing, son? 
sons, have you ever had that question asked to you by mom? Mom, have you ever said, you know, you open the door, what in the world are you doing? Are you even my own kid? It's that kind of mindset that I believe she's writing and asking these questions. She's got an attitude of distraught, upset, agitated with her son. And what is she maybe distraught and burdened about? She mentions two things specifically in the following seven verses. One, women. Two, alcohol. Is King Lemuel dabbling with the dangers of women? Well, if so, that could be Solomon. He had a thing for women, like a thousand of them. So I don't know, but maybe. Verse 3. Don't spend your energy on women. Mom says, son, don't spend energy on women. Now, I said in the first service, and I say it again, Mario, that would have been a great time for all the moms to be like, amen. Right? That's a great time. Don't spend energy on women. So categories of people make this proverb fit your circumstances. Single guys, don't spend much time on women, much energy on women. Single gals, don't spend much energy on men. Married guys, don't spend energy on women, but spend a lot of energy on your woman. You're getting there. Man. And married gals, don't spend energy on men, but spend a whole lot of time on your man. You're getting there. Oh, boy. So you see how this category thing works. It applies for all of us. I wasn't sure if a very personal Proverbs experience was going to make it into a sermon. Uh, and it has today. I'm just going to tell you a story in my life. It's very, very true about the impact of the book of Proverbs in my life. So here it goes. When I was in college, I had the privilege of playing on the school's basketball team. Yes, it was a very small college, and because yes, I am very small. But that's not the experience that I want to share with you, at least not today. I had a coach. His name was Del Wubina. He is now living in Tennessee. My coach had more energy in his one body than the entire team did as a collection. He was a fast-paced type A personality. He was a runner. He ran fast, and he ran long, long, long distances, and he did it fast. He coached fast. He talked fast. If possible, I believe he talked as fast as Mario. <laughs> Get the idea? That's the category that we're talking about here. He was very, very passionate about four things. Jesus, which I'm very thankful for, the book of Proverbs, his wife, and basketball or better said, the guys that played basketball for him. Coach Wubina would start every practice with a Proverbs devotional. He would repeatedly say, and he had a high-energy voice, and I'm going to give you my best version of it. Ready? Here he goes. He'd say it just like this. Men, there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. If you read one chapter every day, you'll read the entire book for the month, and that means you'll read it 12 times in a year. And he would constantly tell us that. And I know there's not 31 days in all the months, but he had a little formula where we'd double up on a couple of days at the end, and we'd get it done. So whatever the calendar day was, that was going to be the Proverbs devotional for the day. If I was at practice today, I'd be physically in trouble, but 
it would be Proverbs 19. I guarantee it. No ands, ifs, or buts about it. That's just how structured he was with this. And one time, we came to Proverbs 31, verse 3. Don't spend energy on women. And he made for us this four-point outline. We were 18 to 23-year-olds. Like this, are, this should be your top four priorities in life. And it's forever stuck. I have coached for many years. Most of my players will know this as well. And we call it the four Bs. Bible, books, ball, and babes. That was his lesson for us. That you keep the Bible your top priority. You keep your books a really top priority. As athletes, we always wanted to put ball above other things and always were in academic trouble. Sound like stereotyping going on? It's the reality. But always it was that the last thing was the babe. Put little energy into that. And after leading a few Proverbs, Coach would then assign a player each day of the week to give a Proverbs devotional. Seniors would start, then the underclassmen would fill in, and the rotation just kept going over and over. And every time we came to Proverbs chapter 31, something amazing started to happen. The next time we came to it and a player was leading it, the four B's went to the four S's. Scripture, studies, sports, and sweethearts. And we're like, okay, we get it. Then the chapter 31 would roll around again, and the four B's, which were really the four S's, became the four C's. Christ, class, conditioning, chicks, and on and on and on it went. I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but the entire alphabet was being built with our four top priorities. Now, I admit, I married Sherry, who comes to the 9 o'clock service, 9.15 early service. I was already in love. So these, I battled these four things going on, but it just kept coming time and time and time again. We had, we had 4G way before cell phones did. God, grades, games, and girls. And then finally, a major snag to the alphabet happened. True story. Small campus. Relationships were close with one another. The whole campus knew about the basketball team. The whole campus knew about Proverbs devotionals. The whole campus knew about the four B's and the alphabet that was growing. And I don't remember what player did it. I, that is the truth. It wasn't me. Clarify that early. I just tell the story now. It was Proverbs 31 time again. And the letter was H. And the player said, our four H's are Holy Bible. So now we're using adjectives in front of Bible. You know, we already had the B. Right, but he was desperate, I guess, for this. Holy Bible, homework, hoops, and... Okay, let me give you a little background. I see you laughing, like maybe you know what's coming. Maybe you do, I don't know. So here it is. Apparently, this player was reading about the book of Samson. Samson had given some men at his wedding a riddle. Like Weddings then were like weeks long. And he said, if you can solve this riddle by the last day, you win. And they really didn't like each other. And so he... Gave the riddle. They didn't know it. So these guys went to his wife and said, come on, tell us the answer to the riddle. Tell us the answer to the riddle. And she's like, I don't know either. Well, find out, find out. And so this, her, his wife, Samson's wife, goes, Samson, tell me the answer to the riddle. On and on and on. Is that nagging? I don't know. But I'm going to say nagging was going on a lot. And so finally, exasperated. All right, here's the answer. And he told her the answer. And then she immediately went and told the guys that were needed to know the answer, the answer. 
And then it says this in Judges 14a. I'm not making this up. And the men of the city said to him on the seventh day, before the sun went down, that was the deadline, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? That was the answer to the riddle. And then Samson responded with this. And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have found out my riddle. Samson, you called your wife, you called your newlywed wife, a heifer. And sadly, it made it to our boys' basketball team devotional, so we had holy Bible, homework, hoops, and heifers. I promise you there was an uproar on the campus and there were a shortage of dates for basketball players <laughs> for a while. Maybe a little bit of a long story to say this. Coach Wubina understood what Lemuel's mother was teaching to her son. Don't spend a lot of energy on women, at least until the time is right. There's an asterisk by that. Like as a married man right now, I have my four W's. Word of God, wife, work, and wannabe athlete. <laughs> Make your own letters and report back to me. Um, strong warning giving about spending much energy on women. And I would say all people, and I love the youth that I see in the crowd, apply it. He, her mom, the mom also said in verse 4, don't drink alcohol because... Too often, it leads to drunkenness. Look at it in verse 4. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire beer. Otherwise, they will drink, forget what is decreed, and pervert justice for all the oppressed. Give beer to the one who is dying and wine to the one whose life is bitter. Let him drink so that he can forget his poverty and remember his trouble no more. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all the dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Lemuel's mom's advice was, don't drink. It's not for kings. It's not for leaders. It's not for husbands. It's not for wives. It's not for singles. It's not for anybody if it leads to the point of being drunk. Because they forget, they abuse, they oppress Lemuel, don't drink and get drunk. Now, there are some who advocate, see, all alcohol is bad, this and that, the other thing. But if you look at it closely, Lemuel's mom did, in the Bible, it says, do get drunk. In verse 6, if you're dying, drink. Why? So as you become drunk and forget the poverty that's before us. So the general Proverbs here is, don't drink too much. But moms does say there is a time to do it. And you can wrestle through that as God would have you do it. That's verses 1 through 9, King Lemuel's mother's advice to him and for us. Then chapters, not chapter, but verses 10 through 31, it's a Hebrew poem about a wonderful wife and a marvelous mother. The Hebrew poem it's built on the Hebrew alphabet, which has 22 letters. And each one of these verses start with a different letter of the alphabet. 
So for us, using an English alphabet, it'd be like starting at the letter A and working our way through, through the letter Z. Uh, we're going to see these verses in a, minute, but in a minute, but it would look like A, an awesome wife, who can find her? B, blessed lady, her husband trusts her. C, a caring woman, she does him good all her days. D, a diligent worker, she is skillful with her hands, and so on all the way through. But again, this is where I want to remind us again that this proverb is not written just to wives and mothers, but a wife and a mother is the lesson of what wisdom looks like. It definitely includes husbands and fathers. It definitely includes single people. So I want us now to look at this ver these verses that follow here, depending on which category that you are in, and find the application for your life. Verse 10 asks the question, who can find a capable wife? She is more precious than jewels. The word capable is also translated virtuous wife, excellent wife, noble wife, strong wife. And then literally verses 11 through 31 gives 22 reasons one from each letter of the Hebrew alphabet, explaining why she is more valuable than expensive gems. That's a 22-point outline. You ready? I'm going to condense a little bit. You have to start with the most important characteristic. And again, this is true for everybody. It is true for a wife. It is true for a mother. It is true for fathers. It is true for husbands. It is true for singles. I'm going to keep repeating that so that you realize this is category is for us. And it starts at verse 30b. A woman who fears the Lord will be praised. This is the key to wisdom. A person must fear the Lord. Which is just another way of saying must respect the Lord, trust the Lord, obey the Lord. This is a person who walks with the Lord. It's a person who lives for the Lord. It means that this person has bent the knee, if you will. They have admitted, confessed their sins, and recognize the Lord is boss of their life. That's what it means to fear the Lord. And what we see then, what happens in the rest of these verses are these tremendous qualities and characteristics that are described in this chapter. And truly, they can only be substantial and meaningful if it's from the fear of the Lord. Otherwise, it would just be like a good person. And a good person, apart from Christ, is not a good person. So here it comes, verses 11 and 12 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. A wonderful wife and a marvelous mother is trustworthy, reliable, supportive, and loyal. And this is true for honorable husbands, or fantastic fathers, or sensational singles. All for anyone who fears the Lord. This is your lifestyle. Trustworthy, reliable, supportive, loyal. And then it goes on, verses 13 to 19. She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. That sounds a lot further than Publix. 
she rises while it is still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. Like, I don't think she just like flexes in front of you. It's the idea that she is a great worker here. She sees that her profits are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hand to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. This wonderful wife, this marvelous mother is a hard worker. She is a skilled worker. She is a smart worker. She is a selfless worker. She is a successful worker. This is wisdom put on display, and it is the wife and the mother being used as the example. But all of these traits are just as true if you are not the wife or the mother. They are very much true if you are a person who fears the Lord. This is what should be modeled in our lives. Verse 20. Her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. She is kind, compassionate, generous, including to those who are in need. And it is so true that this has to be, this should be a characteristic of a life of a person who fears the Lord, that we live this way. That is what we call giving the glory to God. It's what we would say lets others go, whoa, why do they live the way they live? Because we fear God the Lord. Look at verses 21 and 22. This wife, this mother, she is prepared for all occasions. She is not afraid for her household when it snows. That's that little white stuff up north they talk about. For all in her household are doubly clothed. I don't know about Florida, but there you get the idea. Maybe it's like you always have your sunscreen on hand. You're ready to keep it, right? She prepared for, she's prepared for hard times. Verse 22, she makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So not only is she very practical, she's also very much down to earth, but she's also, she's prepared to be dignified already for all occasions. I think this is like the real Wonder Woman right here. And it would also be the same. It would be very true to say it's the Superman. It's the real Superman right here, a person who fears and trusts in the Lord. Verse 23, her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. I think this means that she makes her husband look really, really, really good in public. Like her reputation is known that she is devoted to him. She is a great helpmeet to him. They are a great team together. She's a blessing to him. And yes, it can absolutely be switched around. That a husband is to be this to a wife. And that a single person is to live with this kind of quality reputation and being there and helping other people. I don't know if you guys know Russ and Jill Amerlene, Amerlene, do, do you know them? All right, they normally sit here at 9.15. Uh, with permission, I mention their name, and I just say to you, if you want to know what this looks like, watch them. They are incredible people in their relationship with one another. 
even with communion. Russ comes up to get it for Jill. She sits there, and she, he serves her so well. When I asked for permission to use their name, he said, absolutely, you can do that. And let me tell you this. We've only had three arguments in our life because Jill just won't go there. He said, I really wasn't a good husband, especially the first 10 years. But since then, she learned, she put up with me. And now, and I just say to you, that's the work of God in people. Find people like this in your life. Ask them questions. How do you do this? They're a blessing. Verse 24 through 27. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she can laugh at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. This mother, this wife, this single person, this husband, this father, it, their mind just oozes with wisdom. And right there on their tongue, they know exactly what to say and when to say it. And they do have these eyes in the back of their head. You know, moms like that, they just see it all. That's what's being described right here. And how do they do it? Because of a godly wisdom that has been given to them by fearing the Lord. Verses 28 and 29. Her son rises up and calls her blessed. Her husband also praises her. Many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Everyone is praising this wife, this mother. Her children are doing it, and especially her husband. He's saying, you are the best of the best, babe. You are the most excellent of the excellent. And I just put in my notes, in my Bible here again as a reminder, Doug, you have homework to do. And I would say that is true for all of you who are married. Speak this kind of conversation with one another. For those who are single, you say, what about me? I thought we weren't left out. You're not left out. We still can give, be a single person who speaks praises and good things. Verses 30 and 31. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. And here's the phrase, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. I suppose way too often, love at first sight is nothing more than first seeing the beauty and the charm. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but according to the Bible, those things aren't nearly as important as a person who fears the Lord. As a matter of fact, it goes on here to say clearly what, they, what happens with charm and beauty. And what is it? Charm is deceitful. And beauty is fleeting. Can you imagine establishing a relationship with a friend? Establishing a relationship with a spouse that is based on charm and beauty? That would be a miserable thing. That would be a dying thing. And yet, we live in a culture that spends millions and billions of dollars making that the primary I believe Proverbs would have just a simple but clear warning for us. Watch out for charm. Watch 
out for beauty. They are empty. Be a person who fears the Lord. And that kind of gets to the final thought or the conclusion of all of this. Being single is a gift from God. Being married is a gift from God. Neither is better than the other. God has definitely planned out every day of your life. He has. And you have a special calling on your life. A holy calling on your life. Proverbs 31 gives us a full display of what that calling looks like. And it is only possible because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How do we fear the Lord? How is it possible? Because God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And all who confess their sins and believe this promise that Jesus died and rose again will be saved. They will be people who fear the Lord. So to live like a Proverbs 31 woman, Proverbs 31 man, Proverbs 31 single person means to live with the fear of the Lord. And that is done. And when that is done, that is the beginning of wisdom. And I'd like for us just to pray for that to be true in our lives. Father, I thank you for the book of Proverbs, uh, both when I was a college student and Coach Wubina just, man, Proverbs, 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 and the truth that are just as true now and how you continue to reveal more and more truth to us. And Lord, I would, I would just ask that each and every person here would uh, ask you and depend on you to allow them to be a person who fears the Lord that we would be able to find true wisdom this way. Your word says, let the wise listen and add it to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. God, make that true for our lives. I ask for your grace as we pursue wisdom, that we would find it, that we would find it in Christ alone. Oh, guard us. Guard us from the ways of this world. Guard us from the ideas of this world. Let us believe the promises that we find in the Bible and in Proverbs. Let us believe that in all those who put their trust in you and choose wisdom and follow you, that they will receive eternal life. Father, help us to believe that so that our belief then allows us to live that. And in a negative way, Lord, I'd ask that you'd let us believe the promises that are just as true for those who reject your promise. And with that rejection comes suffering and shame and eternal separation from you. God forbid, Father, that we would have people who would hear your word and read your word and not submit to it. Help us to choose wisdom over folly. In Jesus' name we pray.